New Year, New Haircut. You've noticed that's the name of this podcast. Yeah. And there's a beautiful reason for that, Jolon. Is it your lovely new haircut? Well, that's one thing. Thanks for noticing. Anytime. <laughs> Noticed also, it straight away. New Year is a time for a good new haircut. When was the last time you had your haircut? Hey, I saw that look you gave my hair then. Uh, it was a while ago. And um, as it is now January and I have no money, it will have to wait for quite a long time. So you'll see me uh, sporting a new longer fringe look. I've got someone who might be able to sort you out. Really? Yeah, William Nylander's auntie. <laughs> Apparently William Nylander got his auntie to cut his hair over Christmas. This is the man who has just signed a $7 million contract a year with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Not only has he signed that, he's also got a load of signing bonuses. You would think he would be able to pay a barber to do it, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, but there's all like the privacy and maybe he goes out and then people <laughs> want to take pictures and he's just like, I just want to get my hair cut. And let's face it, like if they charged per inch for a haircut, he'd be spending a pretty penny, wouldn't he? All right, question. What, pla- what place are you going to that charges per inch of a haircut? <laughs> what, what bizarre place are you going to get your haircut? Because I have never been told that, well, we charge per inch here, sir. Well, let's hope that a new haircut might uh, also help yeah. William Nylander aerodynamically. Uh, when it comes to his performance on the ice. We are going to be talking hockey, uh, plenty of other things to come, so we'll just play the theme music and get the hell on with it. Welcome back to the podcast for a new year. Well, so now we've got that out of the way, uh, let's talk hockey. So loads has gone on while we've been away at Christmas. Did you have a nice Christmas? Claire? I did. And I felt yeah. like because there weren't a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs games, no, that really I quiet. felt, I feel today like I'm a bit out of the loop. Mm. Normally, when you're kind of doing two or three games a week, you're catching the in-between in period yeah. chats. I'm normally catching Hockey Central in the evenings, you know, when I'm yeah. driving about, whatever. So I feel like I'm on it, but when you just switch off Twitter and Facebook and everything, it's like... I've really embraced that this week. So leading up to today, when we're recording this podcast on Thursday, there is actually a Leafs game going on right now as we record this. But for my own sanity and actually any chance of getting a sort of quality podcast out, I'm not watching it. I'm, I am watching it. Because if I watched it... I am watching it right now. You wouldn't hear anything from me. We're currently no, uh, st- halfway through the second period. Stop this. We are stopping it. I've watched the first period and I'm going to watch the rest of it when I get home tonight. So uh, let me introduce Stephen because he's here with us, our resident uh, hockey expert. You describe yourself, Stephen, as a um, the emergency goaltender for us when uh, one of us goes How on holiday. Apt. How apt are you right now? Yeah, that is how I describe myself. And yeah, it is very apt, mm. certainly from a, a Leafs standpoint. Um, Do you fancy playing you're... for Toronto? Because we've only got a few more and uh, then anybody who's ever called themselves an emergency goalkeeper might find themselves in a Leafs uniform. Do you know, I, I did hear maybe an announcement the other day when they turned and said, well, if you can get to the arena, you just might get a game. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's getting close to that. We will talk a little bit about that. I want to uh, talk about the, the Pickard curse, the Calvin Pickard curse, which is now becoming an actual thing. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the Dallas Stars, of course, because, wow, they had an interesting run into Christmas and uh, some some choice words, which I don't even know if we can say, um, 
about their own star players from ownership, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. We're going to be finding out from Stephen exactly what he wants from his team and from the NHL maybe in 2019 and a couple of other fans as well. Stephen, can you give us a little tease maybe of what you would quite like? Uh, a tease right now would... Nothing, as I said, directly related to the avalanche as such. But if something falls into place and all the stars align, the avalanche could benefit come June. Stars <laughs> is the key in the word. No, star. I think I've guessed it. I'm not going to say, but I, uh, before you go for it, I think I'll guess it. I might write it down and see whether I've worked it out. Okay, right. Give me a pen. Okay. And you write on the back of that. All right. I've got a pen here. Oh, thanks. I was going to say, I don't think we have pens. We're also going to be talking about the All-Star Weekend as well. Um, the rosters have been announced um, already. Lots of controversy, particularly if you're in Toronto and the Atlantic Division, because there are just too many star players in the Atlantic Division to fit the roster. So you've got the crazy scenario that someone like Mitch Marnet isn't going. And I'm sure there are many <laughs> other teams, like Braden Point as well from Tampa yep. Bay, isn't going. Patrice Bergeron isn't going like you the alexander barkov isn't going they're all like yes we get to go to mexico isn't that where they all go on holiday i see that's interesting we'll come on to that a little bit later when we're talking about the all-star game and whether it matters but actually i can't help but think amongst nhl players who are all so uber competitive i can't help but think it does matter just to be selected or not I'm sure it does for people who are that competitive. Although, yeah, on the other hand, I'm sure they are quite enjoying the extra uh, break. So, Stephen, Happy New Year. We didn't really properly say that to you. What kind of games did Colorado have over Christmas and New Year break? Oh, it, was, it was very, very forgettable. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, Claire and, and Jolon. As I say, it's always a pleasure to come back on here and, and chat hockey. I, we do joke about me being the emergency goalie, but in terms of Colorado, it's been a really, really bad run. Uh, of late, losing six in a row now. It's a, it's a far cry from my last appearance on the podcast when things were going so, so well and the top line was firing on all cylinders and we seemed to be getting some very good net play as well. And the, the defence was kind of holding up. But I think what's happened now is that when you have one line that is so, so good, is that teams can now ride out that line and try to shut it down just get those guys off the ice and then see what Colorado can do from a secondary scoring point of view. And it really has been pretty poor of late, certainly. And in general, over the season, the secondary scoring just isn't there. And that's what's led to some of the shake-up of lines and maybe some weird line combinations. So Colorado, again, haven't really found that those perfect line combinations because I just think that one top line of Landeskog, McKinnon and Rantanen really just can't get it done every single night like they were. I mean, they, they were so good. I mean, the three very, very talented players, but the scoring has definitely dried up lately. It's one of the things that um, we're going to come on to talk a little bit about with Dallas as well, because they had a very similar deal with Jamie Benn, oh. Tyler Sagan and Radulov, that top line, that incredible top line. But then the depth scoring just falls away. Oh. And I... It's one of those things that you, much as you love to have those all-star lines and those lines like you guys had, or still have, that it's just not sustainable over the whole season. And I think teams get caught out by that. And I know when we were doing our, our kind of crazy prediction just before Christmas of the NHL uh, draft, uh, sorry, the NHL rankings and what would end up, who would end up going to the playoffs and things like that. That was definitely one of the things that I kept thinking with some of these 
the Oilers are another one who, you know, have got McDavid and Dreisaitl, but then just can't get a goal from anywhere else. And look and at the minutes they're doing as well. I mean, yeah, a yeah. natural stat trick the other day, I noticed in the top 10, you've got Conor McDavid that's done 679 minutes of time on the ice and Nathan McKinnon 681 so these guys are pumping out some serious time, aren't they? And whereas I know when, you know, uh, to bring it back to Leafs, as I always do, but when you look at the Leafs lines, they've got the likes of the Tavares and Marla line, the Matthews and Nylander line now, the Kadri, Kapanen, Marlow line. So even if you've got, a, you know, Matthews, for example, taking tonight's game out of it, has gone on a relatively cold streak for three games. But it doesn't matter because John Tavares and Mitch Marner are playing out their skins. So you can have that and you almost need that depth of... And that is how the Pittsburgh Penguins have been so successful over the last couple of years. It's not just relying on Sidney Crosby. Of Evgeny Malkin pops up. Phil Kessel pops up. And, you know, they can they can tag team that form because it's a long season. Yeah, and I think this is the reason why you you look at like your top six. That's that is what you want. You want two very very good lines that can produce on any given night. Because especially when you get to the playoffs, goals become far more valuable. And you you power plays that teams take advantage of in the regular season. You don't get as many chances of those in the playoffs as well because teams don't want to give away the penalties. Things aren't called as much. So again, it then. I think it puts even more pressure on what you do from an even strength standpoint when it comes to the playoffs. And you've got to have those guys that can produce. And if you have only just got that one line, if I'm the opposition, I'm going to send out a line that's just going to try and shut that line down. I don't care if I create anything whatsoever that I just want to get those guys off the ice. So survive 40 seconds. And that's what you do. You break the game down into 40 to 50 second little segments and you just ride it out and you think, okay, I'm not going to see those guys again for another minute and a half, two minutes. And you keep doing that and doing that and doing that and doing that. And in the end, you've then got a whole game and this line just hasn't produced. If they haven't got anything else, any sort of depth scoring from anywhere, then you're sitting there thinking to yourself, okay, well, you know, we know what we've got to do. And it really then starts putting more and more pressure on the top guys to perform. They then end up playing more minutes. They then become more tired. The secondary scoring just then sees even less time on the ice, which means there's, a, there's less of a chance for those guys to get going as well. It really is a, a big-time problem. And I think that you're right what you say, is that the successful teams, when you look, not only just the Penguins in recent years, but teams in general that have got to the Stanley Cup finals or it, have won Stanley Cups, is that they have two very good lines in general, at least, that can produce at any moment. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. And on, on that note, I just think it, it it really shows up when you've got a team with that depth in their lineup to be able to mean that your superstars aren't always playing against the top defence every single night. Yeah. It you know, makes such a huge difference and you get to, those guys get so much more time. Talking about that kind of depth scoring, that is something I remember we talked about with Matt, who was the Dallas Stars fan we had on the podcast a few weeks ago. And he kind of bemoaned that early on in the season, even before they kind of really had any trouble. It's It's got to be the first thing we talk about, this thing, <laughs> this thing that happened in the Dallas Stars just after Christmas. Um, I saw this first from uh, Sean Shapiro, um, who wrote in The Athletic um, an article called Stars Ownership uh, Management Go on Expletive-Laden Tirade Over Poor Performance from Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. Now, we're not going to go into exactly what they said because actually 
you know, there may be kids listening and I can't believe I'm actually saying it, but I actually wouldn't use the kind of language that that the the star's ownership used on the record. And the crazy thing was about this is that the star's ownership called a press conference. So they called it. They made sure that it was on the record. This is the Dallas Stars CEO, Jim Lights. And he cleared it with the, the ownership and everyone else. So they all knew this was happening. From what I could gather, the players and the coach certainly didn't know this was happening. He calls this press conference and he goes on the biggest rant, including all sorts of words in there, mainly focusing on the lack of performance from Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan, saying that they are not earning their money. And although it is not about money, and I'm paraphrasing him here, but it's not about money, it's about performance and they should be doing better for the money we're paying them. So basically it's about the money. But he's saying it's all about the performance. What took the kind of world by storm, and this went beyond just hockey, was the fact that you had a CEO in this rant about mm. two-star players, which is just unheard of in sport. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, all we can say is it was extremely unprofessional, and that's like the understatement of the year. I mean, if we take a look at the, the scenario as it stands right now, I mean, Sagan really is having a down year. Yeah. I mean, his scoring output is is way down. I mean, I think when I looked at this the other day, if he carries on at this pace, he is basically on par with where he was in a lockout season many, many years ago. This is very unlike him. Mm. From a Jamie Benn standpoint, his production is down. It's not as bad as Sagan, but his production is down. But I think these two are struggling. But it, is it not also a product of the system that's been put in place for this season? For me, Dallas are playing a more defensive orientated system. That was one of the things they wanted to look. One of the things I think they looked at over the off season was they wanted to play a system where they didn't give up much. They would try and get the goals when they can, but they weren't going to be this team like they had been in previous years of a very much a high scoring team but they would get caught, caught out down yeah. the other, going down the other end of the ice. So the thing was this year, okay, we'll look at it from a more defensive, orientated way and try and you know cut down that. But we've got the offensive talent here that we believe can still produce enough on any given night. And I think, again, that's the sort of thing you want when you go into the playoffs because, again, it's you know harping on about it, but goals are much harder to come by. And if you've got a much better defensive system in place, you should be a very, very tough out come playoff time. So I can understand that Sagan and Ben's production is down. Um, I mean, I can obviously appreciate Matt's comments around around the fact that, they again, Devin hasn't got much secondary scoring. But I just, for me, I think this is, this is just completely ridiculous to come out with these kind of statements. If the Stars were way adrift at the bottom of the Western Conference, weren't winning games... Mm. They, yeah. they were, they, you know, basically writing the season off and they were going to look and see what they were going to do maybe for next season and what changes they were going to make. That isn't the case. The Stars are still in the playoff hunt. That's the crazy thing. They are three months <laughs> yeah. to go. They, they, haven't, they haven't tanked a year. They are still in and around the playoffs. I mean, in the, in the article, um, Sean Shapiro points out that, 
you know, the two are currently ranked 57th and 67th in league scoring. So, I mean, you know, and this was back on the 28th of December. So, I mean, that is obviously not good enough. And Jim Light said, we are a stars-driven league and our stars aren't getting it done. Okay, but then he goes on to say it's embarrassing and no one writes it. Write it. So he's starting to come out with this kind of, you know, I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm paying these stars this big money, they're not doing enough for me. And I think, as you alluded to, it kind of starts pointing to the fact that maybe they're not overly happy with how the whole thing's going, but you cannot just pin that on the two stars there. Uh, Let's just, just quickly, before we carry on on this, let's hear from Matt. So we asked Matt, this was Matt Day, who came on the podcast a couple of uh, weeks ago, and he, we asked him to basically just record his thoughts as a Dallas Stars fan so we can get it from him and uh, find out if he really finds this such a big deal as we seem to be making of it. What an absolute mess in the Dallas Stars organisation this Christmas. Um, I think it's been an average season. I think everybody will admit that and we, we definitely need to be better. But for Jim Light, the CEO, to uh, call Sean Chaparrio and uh, another journalist into his office to do an interview premeditated and use the language that he did I think is totally unprofessional and unacceptable to be honest to call out you two top players for not performing when I think most fans feel that the problem is depth scoring not um, scoring from the top players they're not in the top 10 for scoring in the league Ben and Sagan but um the rest of the team isn't scoring at all. So I think the management have put themselves out there for massive criticism from the fans for not putting together a strong enough um, team. I think people will be looking for them to make moves uh, before the trade deadline, if not sooner. Um, but they clearly see that the problem is Ben and Sagan not performing. It'll be interesting to see what impact this has uh, on the team on Ben and Sagan, they seem to have handled it really well so far. Um, total total professionals. Um, will it be the difference to us getting to the playoffs and, and making a run? I don't think so. I think with the current team, we're not going to make a run in the playoffs. We might squeak in, but we're not going to push much further than the first round. This is going to be this is going to be something that's going to drag on and on. Unfortunately for the stars, probably all season, um, and disrupt the team. Uh, or is it going to push them on? We'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. But I think it's it's angered quite a lot of uh, Dallas Stars fans. That's Matt um, recording his thoughts. He's a Dallas Stars fan who's Bless appeared him. on the NHL Fans from Far podcast. I feel so sorry he for him. He sounds peeved. They've had a really tough year. They've had terrible injuries in defence. Um, they have got goaltending. Ben Bishop has been great. Um, as you say, Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben have not kind of put the points away. But, you know, it's It's just... Watching their interviews, though, Mm. you know, when uh, a few days later it's all been rumbling out and watching Jamie Benn in particular speaking to the media, you know, when they're in in the locker room, he really took his time finding the right words, didn't he? Yeah. Really, um, I can I, imagine he was thinking I of some felt others. Like, I think I was holding my breath as I was watching yeah. that. Tyler interview. Sagan as well, who, let's let's face it, has had a, an interesting past and has been a far yeah. more um, vocal player in the past and has done some things he probably regrets. Mm. More when he was with Boston, he's kind of cleaned up his act. Now he's in Dallas. And you could almost see when he was starting to answer, he answered one of the questions. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said something like, my thoughts? 
my thoughts, like as if to say, I could really tell you what I really think right now, but I won't. And I'll give you the boring hockey player answer of, yeah, we need to get better, blah, blah, blah. But I just say, we were we were chatting about it before we recorded the podcast and we were just saying how how using that kind of language that they did. And hey, go and Google it if you want to find out exactly what they said. But you you could just think that surely, surely there is a better way of doing it. And just imagine, and we'll finish it on this point with this topic, but just imagine if a player said that That's exactly, about an owner. Why are you stealing what I was going to say? Imagine. Yeah. Because we're connected, Claire. Yeah. We're on the same page. Well, funny enough, they had the exact same conversation on Hockey Night in Canada the other night. Because Elliot Friedman was saying, I don't mind about the language. Yeah. And Nick Kiprios was saying, but how on a sec, what if a player said that? And and exactly. those are that those are the circles that you go round and around and around. Just imagine. Just imagine. Imagine if a player came out and just, you know, went on a swearing rant about how ownership were messing it all up. Well, we talked the other week about coaches being overly emotional. Yeah. You know, John Tortorella yeah. is absolute legend when it comes to stuff like that. I mean, what, what do you, I think he called his team dumb or something no, like that. He says all sorts it of was just dumb. dumb things himself, doesn't he? It, I mean, so then you kind of think, well, if you're the heading up the top of that team, what kind of example do you yeah. lead? And when it comes to the management... I just feel sorry for the We've fans. Round, I feel sorry for the fans because you know they they've got a team where you know they obviously really like them. I think you know talking to Matt actually, you know Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan are loved in Dallas. They love those guys. Tyler Sagan just signed a contract saying how much he wanted to stay in Dallas, and now you uh, anyway. But the th- annoying thing about it all is that he'll come out well from this gym lights because they will probably start doing better now. And then it'll all be, well, that was the moment it all turned round. And if they carry on doing badly, then Jim Light says, well, I told you so. All publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Yes. Most of the time. Ticket sales. Hey, you forgot about us, but we're still here. Yeah. Well, there was a little bit of that, wasn't there? It was like, hey, hey, hi, guys. Hi, Dallas here. We're, we're still here. Joe Lauren. Yes. Can you just leave for like um, 60 seconds wow we get through to podcast what 13 look well look i mean man city have scored all right okay we've got the man city and then uh i'm watching the toronto and um minnesota game all right i really don't know why this is but i'm guessing it's something to do with the. he's even trying to not look at the screen as he leaves not looking it's unbelievable (laughs) so anyway Stephen, i've just seen that william nylander scored yeah, I've got it on. I've got it on as well as I'm talking. Can't believe he doesn't want to watch. But William <laughs> Nylander scored. Oh my god! Because it's the haircut. The, it's the haircut. New year, new haircut. But do you know uh, uh, when uh, he came back, they had the science team, didn't they? Um, going doing all these tests on him, and they said to Mike Babcock, "It'll take twelve games until he's back up and running." And today is the twelfth game. So there you go. There is something in science. I think there might be. Who, who'd have thought it? <laughs> who'd have thought it? Because they had Carl Dubas on um, before the game and they were questioning him about any concerns about, obviously, the goalie situation, but also about William Nylander, um, whether it was really going to work out with him and whether he was concerned that he wasn't getting results. But he seemed pretty cool as a cucumber. I bet he's wiping his brow with relief right now. Exactly. Right, I'll just get Jarlon back anyway, so we can continue. He'll hear this when he edits it, but who cares? <coughs> okay, you can come back now. Still there. Here you go. I feel like I got sent out of the room for like being naughty or something. Like, yeah, naughty student. 
Well, it's almost <laughs> half time uh, in Man City Liverpool. So, uh, who are you cheering on for that game? Oh, I, I don't care. I just I'm not just a fan of football. Both lose. I'm a Derby County fan, so I'm so far away from this game in terms of where my team are at that uh, I'm just interested as a as a footballing spectator. <laughs> right, we were talking about um, what one wish do people want for their right? Um, I've written season. it down. Well, hang on a sec. I've written it down, Stephen. We've got we had a, a little bit of. Uh, <laughs> interaction here oh, i really? do believe oh, okay. um yes somebody said they want freddie anderson back yep don't we all i think it was ali <laughs> ah, said God, that i just looked us. at twitter god damn it did you just <laughs> see the score no i didn't know no i, didn't. <laughs> I just don't open twitter i hate that one i'm just so not used to these afternoon games being evening for us ali quinn I can't look at says twitter, so. that freddie comes back that's yes, amen what Amen. they would like. Who needs him when we've got Michael Hutchinson? Even though I appreciate that that might be an out-of-date reference if we're now 7-2 down or something. Have we not got another one? Matt said something as well on there. I can't look on Twitter because obviously there's a Leafs game going on. But Matt also <laughs> gave us his wish, I seem to remember. Make the playoffs without any more ice drama. <laughs> Off ice drama, sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can imagine. Um, right, so I've written down, Stephen, what I think your... Colorado kind of prediction is well. Oh, maybe I should well, send send, wishes, send you yeah. out again, and then Stephen says what it is, and then you say, then you come in and say what it is. Then I've written it down. It. I've written it down. Give right. me the piece of paper then. Right. I'm cheating. On the back of this is our Stanley Cup champion early prediction oh, as well. Oh yeah, that could be worth some money. That. Go on. Go on, Stephen. You're tell us what writing, your prediction is. No, your writing is horrific. I scribbled it down, Claire. Details. It's a podcast. Doesn't matter. I was going to say, he probably knows what it is anyway. But yeah, my my one wish for the whole of 2019 is for the Ottawa Senators to continue to tank. Because if they win the lottery, that number one overall pick goes to the Avalanche. Jack? You are such an evil person. But God, it is the right thing to cheer for. Because I just, as a Toronto fan... To see Ottawa shoot themselves in the foot like they did because this was their choice. They could have given up this year's. They gave up next year's because they believed in themselves. And if they finish bottom, then you've got a 19% chance of getting Jack Hughes. So Ottawa Centre can't even tank or whatever it is for Hughes because they won't get him. They're not going to get him. He is going to be an absolute superstar. And you guys, the crazy thing, so you guys can have a really good year this year, make round one or two of the playoffs, and, you know, realistically, that would be probably a good year for the Avalanche, am I right? Absolutely. And still get the next big superstar as if you finished rock bottom of the NHL. How cool is that? Because we managed to get rid of Deshane at the same time. <laughs> Who, by the way, the Ottawa Senators are also trying to trade right now. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. Oh. Can't make this stuff up. Sorry, Sens fans. I apologise, yes. but I'm not. I don't feel bad because I'm a Leafs fan. Every time Ottawa lose right now, puts <laughs> an even bigger smile on my face. Has it got to the point, Stephen, where you've started watching Ottawa games now instead of Colorado? Because that means the, more this time can... of year. They're actually hilarious to watch. If you think that Colorado are bad right now, Ottawa are horrific. It's really weird, though, because they've had... I mean, everyone kind of expected them to be bad because um, with Carlson going and, and all of the young players in. However, there have been some good stories that have come out of Ottawa. Thomas Shabbat looks incredible. Like, he just looks out of this world. So there are some good players there. It is just going to take a while now to go through and they're going for the proper rebuild, but... A proper rebuild without a first-round draft pick is going to be tough. 
you know, the one website I sit here and ta- go, I almost gave it away, but I, I end up going on every single day now is, is www.tankathon.nhl <laughs> slash NHL dot <laughs> com slash NHL. But just imagine it's brilliant because you can sim the lottery and you'll just sit there and you'll do it for hours. Uh, I, I still remember the day that the Leafs were picked to, to pick Matthews overall, first overall. I mean, I know like <laughs> line watch, would be incredible. Did you watch the draft? Yeah, 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 yeah I, I did. did. I did that year. I don't it, normally, but it I goes did that on year. and on, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, I stopped watching basically after like pick five. But yeah, I just having that first overall pick and. Uh, I can't even imagine what you you know you're talking about depth scoring Stephen on the avalanche well Jack Hughes would help Jack Hughes would most certainly help and then all we need to do is just uh, wrap up Rantanen because he's a restricted free agent yeah in the summer Rantanen's being paid at the moment less than a million dollars for his output really crazy money he's still on his entry level contract it's like Mitch so Marner isn't paid. it yeah and Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews money. this year the, uh, well this year coming it, there are an obscene amount of restricted free agents for teams. Um, yeah. You know, for us, it's it's Matthews and Marner, but for you guys, it's Rantanen. Um, there are loads and loads of them who are all due to be signed this summer. And it could be, I mean, nothing could happen, then they could all just re-sign for their clubs. Or yeah. you could have a complete shake-up of the entire NHL if these guys go, well, no, I'm going to go for the highest bidder somewhere else. Yeah, there's there's a whole load of money that's going to be flying around in the next few months. Yeah, it's going to be really you interesting. Know, I, See. Can I just say something really stupid? Yeah. Capo Caco. Don't you think it's the coolest name ever? Cap- what? Capo Caco is second in the, the NHL draft. Well, in, in the uh, Tankathon <laughs> uh, website. Anyway, Capo, what? Capo Caco. Capo Caco. He's from Finland. <laughs> six foot four, finish. You laugh now, but... Capo Caco. Yeah. Capo Caco, yes. Kasperi Kapanen. Maybe going we to LA. Toronto can't draft him because you can't have Kasperi Kapanen and Caco Caco. Wouldn't that Doesn't be work? brilliant? Ridiculous line, wouldn't it? Capo <laughs> to Kapanen. Yeah. I'll tell you something else. He is built as well. Six foot he's four. A, he's a tall and he's lad. 17 years old and he's six yeah. foot four. Wow. He's Let's... going to be like a... A Chara. <laughs> we don't need another Not one of those. Not quite, yeah. Haunting. No. <laughs> well, he's going to go Maple soon, Leafs. isn't he? So, you know. I don't think so. Yeah. I think that man's like, he's got a body of a robot now. He's just going to keep going forever. Ten just seconds left there. on the second I don't want to know, Claire. I don't want to know. Ten seconds. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Uh, what I am interested in is the NHL All-Star Weekend. Mm. You, Stephen? <laughs> uh, no, I <laughs> hate All-Star games. We have yeah. had this conversation. You yeah. and me both. I like it. I can't oh, stop. I I, you know what? I, I always use it as an opportunity to tidy my bedroom. <laughs> what? I don't know why, but All-Star Weekend signifies to me, I don't know if it's like the equivalent of a spring clean, but whilst... Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I don't even know why you associate those, apart from the fact that the game's not worth watching, so you have to do something else to keep yourself interested. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Well, I did stick it's... a tweet out asking people whether they were sad that anyone was missing. Rob McGregor here has put John Scott... Oh yeah, dear. a few years ago, that was that was at least a decent story. <laughs> I just, I to be honest, the the selection bit baffles me because I know that they want to pick a player from every single team, and I get the reasons why they want to do that. Um, but then you do get into this scenario where you have got some incredible players who are absolutely stars of the game 
who are going to be missing out. And this year particularly, just because it's a strong division, if we look at the Atlantic division, you have got the forwards of Jack Eichel, Nikita Kucherov, Austin Matthews, David Pastranak, Stephen Stamkos, John Tavares. What? That would be two amazing lines. Like, I mean, so it's three on three, so you're going to be playing two of them at the front. You can't argue that any of those don't deserve to be there. However... I want to see Austin Matthews play with Jack Eichel next to each other. Well, they could do. They have played before, haven't they? I think on uh, on a, a Team North America um, years ago. But then you start to think of the players who've missed out in that forward group of the of the Atlantic, likes of Mitch Marner, um, Braden, Point. Braden Point, Jeff Skinner of uh, Buffalo Sabres. These guys have had incredible... Alexander Barkov isn't there. Well, Pacific has got five forwards and three defencemen. Yes. So there is one more. So there's one more player who will be added, and it's the final vote-in by the fans. So the fans get to vote in one more player oh, from see. each division. So the others have got to vote in a defenceman then, the other divisions. Exactly. So that's what they'll do. So they'll put forward those players. So, for example, Morgan Riley has been put forward by the Maple Leafs, and he could be voted in. So each team gets to put forward one more person. So Morgan Riley could get there. I mean, he's leading the NHL in scoring as a defenceman, and he's not in the team. Except you've got Keith Yandel, who's like a, you know, a decent defenceman from Florida. The goaltenders in the Atlantic. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Jimmy Howard of Detroit. I mean... Wow, he's having a great season. You need to have I mean, a Detroit player in there. That's well, I know, but... This just shows up how ridiculous it is. You've got him. And then Carrie Price. The guy's injured for one and has had a terrible season. To be honest, yeah. I'd rather Anderson was rested. Oh, yeah. I don't want him going anywhere near that, yeah. that game. Absolutely. Yeah. But I just think, I, I don't know what you can do about it. And so many people have talked about it as a, you know, you've got to change the format. But if you're going to have to, you know, make sure everybody appears then you're going to have players who miss out because there are just too many superstars now, which is a good problem to have for the NHL. Really. What was the reason that Ovechkin cited for not rest. declining? Rest. Resting. Right. It was basically rest. He basically, rest. Yeah, he basically said, well, I've been playing hockey ever since whenever and I'm not getting any younger and I need some rest. But interestingly, he will have to sit out a game either side of the All-Star yep. game because that is the punishment the NHL um, dishes out to any players who um, who choose not to take what? part. Yeah, if you're selected for the All Star game and you choose not to play, unless you're injured and who you can prove it, note. then uh, yeah, it is literally a doctor's <laughs> note. Then uh, so Ovi will have to miss either the game before or the game after the All Star game because of that. Hang on. Okay, who's I'm going to ask you both, it, uh, ask you both a question yeah, about the All Star game. Yeah. So outside of Maple Leafs players, which one player are you both looking forward to seeing play? That's a very good question. That is a very, very good question. I'm just looking through the rosters yeah, now. Yeah, we've we've actually tweeted this. It's on our, our Twitter page, at NHL Fans from oh, yeah, Afar. I've got it, I've got it. All right. Hmm. Well, I'll go. Um, it's in the Pacific and is uh, Elias Pettersson That's from Vancouver. That's one guy I want to see play. I, I just, I've heard so many out. good things from that guy and he's just, mm-hmm. the fact that he is in this All-Star game in his rookie year, in fact, actually, um, you know how January is a really tough month for people financially, well, not Elias Pedersen, who uh, just earned $425,000 in bonuses yesterday 
Uh, he's the first Canucks rookie forward uh, to be invited to the All-Star game, um, unlocking a $212,000 bonus as a result. And he then scored his 20th goal of the season against Ottawa, unlocking another $212,000 bonus. That guy is lighting up the West, and I cannot wait to see him in three-on-three hockey. Good answer. Thank you. It's like I prepared it, wasn't it? I was, I, like, I was like looking at who's got beards. Oh, <laughs> well, not Joe say. Thornton. He's not going, is he? No, Brent, going, Brent Burns, Claude Giroux are. They've got they've got oh, beards. Okay. They could be a have a beard off. Okay. Uh, I mean, people like I don't watch Nathan Nathan McKinnon very often. I think it'd be interesting if he's doing so well in the league to see him play with other other stars to see what he's really capable of. Would Connor not... McDavid playing with some good teammates. Exactly. I mean, would <laughs> you not be intrigued fans. by that, <laughs> Steve? Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting exactly, you know, how some of these guys do in an all-star format. And it is three on three. Um, McKinnon and Ranson will light up that central division team. It'll be interesting, you know, playing with guys like Blake Wheeler. But for me, I think the one guy I'm looking forward to seeing is exactly the same as Joe Lon is, is Elias um, Patterson because mm. he has just been amazing for Vancouver. I'll be the first to admit I've not really seen much of Vancouver all season long. You know, when you're a fan of one team and you, you try and watch games here and there of other teams, like on the early games on a weekend um, as well, when you can do, and it doesn't tend to be Vancouver obviously being out, out in the West. So it'll be a great opportunity to see how he does in, in a three-on-three format. And, of course, the usual suspects like Sidney Crosby, you know, Austin Matthews, Stephen Stamkos, they're all going to be fun to watch. Absolutely. Um, oh, Jolon, you just left the studio for one second and I just wanted to, like... Well, I've actually got to disappear for a minute if you want, so you can talk all you want about the uh, the game you want not now because i'm right here but i'm going to disappear i'm just in a trying to read subtitles no nope. it's really small no 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 one of the other things i just wanted to pick up on while we kind of talk these whimsical games however you want to describe it yeah winter classic yes <laughs> yeah so i also i hate the way that the americans say notre dame when clearly it's <laughs> notre dame yeah um i'm sure that the french canadians probably go nuts over that too yeah they but... probably do I I didn't I haven't had I've got the highlights to watch when I get back tonight actually yeah obviously we knew Boston were going to beat Chicago that was a bit of a no brainer wasn't it well yeah because Chicago are terrible just awful yeah but, but it is the Chicago Winter Classic they played in something like almost every single one of them it's crazy yeah yeah did you catch any of it Steve yeah I, I did catch a lot of the game because I mean I think it's one of those things that it's certainly much better to watch at home than actually going there. I mean, I've spoken to people who have actually been to the event and you really can't actually see much and it's about going there for the atmosphere. And I kind of maybe kicked around the idea of potentially going next year because it's at the Cotton Bowl in, in Dallas, which isn't that far outside of downtown, so it's quite easy to get to. Um, but I think it's one of those things that's the highlight, one of the highlights of the NHL calendar. It's how we kind of know that we're in the next year because it's on on New Year's Day as well. So I would like to see a bit of variety of the teams. I mean... Yeah, you always look for the outfits, don't you? Uh, Yeah. That's the first thing I do. That's one thing I want to kind of look at, you know, see something a little bit different when it comes to the the jerseys because it's, you know, it is a bit of fun. It's something a little bit different. Um, I mean, they're here to stay. That's the thing, you know, that's what you have to say, whether it be the Winter Classic or the Stadium Series. Mm. Colorado are getting the Stadium Series um, next year as well. Um, do you know which who could be really, really interesting. 
Um, at the moment, it hasn't been announced, but I would imagine it will probably be Minnesota. I think that will be the most one of the most likely teams um, to have the stadium series. Um, I think the interesting thing that came out of this, I don't know if you've heard about this, but apparently at the stadium, they, they may have ran out of food and beer. You're kidding. I had to... <laughs> But, I kid you not. I mean, it's not like you're going to be going and sitting in the park, is it like watching a bit of Shakespeare, proms in the park or something. You take your own snacks with you. I mean, it's blooming freezing, isn't it, when you go to these things? Yeah. The first thing I'm going to want is, is a coffee. <laughs> so that's like the whole the coffee whilst I'm sitting there freezing, um, watching this game of hockey. I mean, talk about oh. having it like in a park. Um, a, a couple of years ago, or it might have been last year actually, in the um, the KHL, the, the, the Russian quasi-league with a few other countries. They had an outdoor game in December in Helsinki where they actually held it in, a, in the park, um, part of some temporary stands and everything else like that, which I thought would have been quite interesting to go and see. Yeah. God. But, yeah, to run out of food and, and drink is, you know, that would cause a riot over here at a football stadium. I know. Blimey heck. <laughs> Right, Jonathan's just popped out again. So I was watching at the end of the second period. It's three apiece, uh, Minnesota and, and Leafs. And they just interviewed William Nylander, who just said all like the absolute cliches, but he had a smile on his face. So I was trying to like, as Jonathan was moving out of the door, I thought he's going to see William Nylander on the screen <laughs> and he's going to know what's happened. <laughs> so I can't believe that we've kept it secret. The only thing I wanted to pick up on, because I know that you, Stephen, do so many other things and you've got your head in America sports and all different yeah. kinds of ones. I don't know if you saw, um, uh, Ray Ferraro has actually just retweeted one of the statements which came out from the World Junior Championship. Um, Canada got knocked out uh, in the quarterfinal. Yeah, and so there was um, the Ducks prospect and captain, uh, Maxi Com Comtois, is that how you say his name? Something like that. Yeah, I can't speak French. That That's the end for me. <laughs> but he's only 19 years old, and apparently he was absolutely torn apart on social yeah. media, so much so that his agent actually put out a statement calling these people cowards because he uh, there was apparently he was doing quite a few dives, allegedly, and oh. then he missed this crucial penalty which put them out of the competition. Um Interesting, isn't it? Like for a 19-year-old to kind of get absolutely, you know, torn apart on social media. But it just kind of shows how passionate Canadians really are about this sport. It, it's it's mm. insane. I wonder whether the same would happen like with football. If you've got under 18 England football team and they miss the, uh, you know, the, the penalty to get through to a semi-final, for God's sake, it's not, you're not going to, no, it's not even going to get reported. In uh, in the UK, no, I think there's just there's two sides to this. I think um, first of all, you know, it's hockey's Canada's game. You know, the, the belief is that they should win every single tournament. They have the best young players. Um, I always think Finland is always a bit of a tricky one on the international stage because they can either be very very good or very very average. And they're one of the teams that are, that tend to be like quite hard to get rid of out of international competition. So it was a bit of a banana skin going into that game, but you still felt that Canada should win that. I think the other side of it, you talk about like how passionate Canadians are. I think unfortunately, and I don't want to kind of use this as an excuse because it's not, but the world we live in and having social media at our fingertips, now more than ever, we've got 
a closer relationship with the players mm. so that we now unfortunately can express our views in ways that we wouldn't be able to before you know you go back a few years Claire is the fact you know it's like you know football the way you voice displeasure against a player will be shouting it either at your television or at the ground itself yeah now you've got so many more avenues to vent and a direct and, connection and a direct connection to yeah. these people and you know if I was a, a sportsman now in some respects I would think very very carefully about whether I even want a social media account. And there are players out there and people in all walks of life that will refuse to have a social media account due to the fact that the the abuse that they will get from that. Mm. But then, see, the the other parts of this story, and and I should really go watch more of the coverage. I've not watched a lot of the dives. I've just seen one clip on social media and it was a bit pathetic. But he was actually targeted by one of the... um, uh, a Russian player, I guess he'll be a, another NHL prospect, uh, Klim Kostin. And this is what he actually said. I think it was like in inter- one of the intermissions uh, for the games, he did a quick interview and he said, in his previous life, he worked at the circus. Didn't you know that? Perhaps he watched the World Cup of Soccer. Neymar is probably his best friend. <sighs> Woo! You know, like, if you were in the NHL and that was happening, you'd get fined, wouldn't you? Yeah, again, uh, this, this is barely. the frustration. Of, yeah, the, the the frustration of the world we live in at times. Um, it, it's not great, unfortunately. But someone you know, someone's also tweeted here, uh, Comtois, future Olympic diver. Yeah, I, I you know, it's like uh, like oh, they're witty. It, and it, it's very poor, but yeah, exactly. It's just like, you know, the most obvious thing you can say, and you thought of the most obvious thing probably in about three hours. Mm-hmm. Whereas everyone else has thought to themselves, yeah, it's just not funny and we won't say it. Yeah. So, uh, I, 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 do you know what? It's one of my biggest bugbears in life and one of the biggest reasons why I would never, ever want to be famous. Mm. When we were going to kind of just recap 2018 of things that we kind of learn hockey wise um and then you know we've already kind of cast our future aspirations for 2019 but are there things that you kind of think we don't want to see that again or things that we do want to see that again that happened in 2018 uh like for Tom me, wilson being suspended you want to see it again or you don't i don't want to see that again ah. I want to just literally just see him clean up his act or get out of the league. Wow, strong words. I I cannot stand Tom Wilson. Um, I know Washington Capitals fans will defend him time and time again. And don't at me on Twitter about it because I'll be honest, I'm not interested. I want Tom Wilson out of the league. Tom Wilson is a danger to himself and everyone else in the league. Wow. Because, you know, a lot of times we've spoken on this podcast that he's got that physical presence, uh, he plays a little bit dirty, he'll push the boundaries, but he can also skate, which is quite a rare combination. Yeah, and he's extremely talented. That's the frustrating thing with him, and I can see why he plays alongside Ovechkin because he gives them, you know, that, that enforcer-type presence. But the thing is, there's, there's, a, there's a right and a wrong way of doing that. There is a line. Tom Wilson skates way over that line. He doesn't even skate anywhere near it. Tom Wilson, time and time again, puts other players in danger. Mm. 
And I know what Capitals fans will turn and say to me, they'll be like, well, you know, he's a victim. He's, you know, he's the one that's just basically just getting, you know, taking a, he's the one that's getting all of this thrown at him because people have seen what he's done in the past and stuff like that. No, Tom Wilson is a reckless hockey player. End of story. Wow. Okay. Well, if people have got comments and want to respond to what Stephen said, then make sure you email us, nhlfans <laughs> at gmail.com. Direct or hate mail to <laughs> Stephen Edwards, 111 <laughs> Smith Avenue, London. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. See, my thing is, yeah. I don't want to face Boston Bruins in the first round of the playoffs. And yeah. I want Toronto Maple Leafs <sighs> just to make it to the second round in the playoffs. I'm not going to be overly ambitious i'm not going to be really cheeky and say i want us to win the stanley cup because of course i do i just i think my if i had to sum up my wish and my not wish it would be to not see boston bruins any more than necessary when it comes to the playoffs let somebody else crash them out i don't i'm not interested but saying that though claire wouldn't it be even more sweet if you did go on a run to the to the finals and that road went through Boston. Yeah, maybe. And you actually overcame them. Because I think that's what a lot of teams, if you go back into the annals of of American sports history, certainly, is that teams have to overcome their great adversaries to be able to then take that next step. Mm. I think sometimes teams have just get inside other teams' heads. We can't beat them. But when you get past them, things sometimes seem a little bit easier than they did before. So, I mean, I think Toronto could be there or thereabouts. You know, we've, we've all talked about that. You know, extremely talented. They're in the mix. That's what we can say about Toronto. It's like everyone else, as long as you stay healthy, they're in the mix with the, the Winnipegs, the Nashvilles, the Tampa Bays, those kinds of teams. That's where they are. They're extremely talented. And I think, you know, if I don't want it to be that, you know, when the playoff matchups come out, Oh no, we got Boston again. Because I think you should, you should believe that you have enough talent. I don't think Boston can skate with you for seven games. I literally don't. Maybe wishes can come true. Yeah, I just, I don't, I just literally don't see it right now. I can understand, you know, the pain in the past, the playoff pain, and all of that, but I just don't see it. I think Toronto would obviously be do well to get rid of them as soon as possible you don't want a team like Boston hanging around mm. but I just I just can't see it I, I if, if that if that series took place now I'd have Toronto winning that in five okay right you can continue to be our friend well I like the sound of that whatever I just heard then Toronto well, winning in five well I was just saying about how I want my my wishes that we don't face Boston Bruins any more than necessary in the playoffs. And actually, just want to get to the second round of the playoffs. I'm not being overly ambitious. Really? I'm just kind of saying that's good for me because then I've got a high chance that my wish is going to come true. Yeah. Can I tell you a bit of um, uh, trivia? Always, Claire. Always. My dad lives in in the place where Michael Hutchinson, the now number one goalie for yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs grew right. up. Really? And the other thing that I realised, Alex Angelo yeah. of St. Louis Blues yeah, who who's the now is, supposedly after and now I think is injured. Oh really? I think so. His dad Frank Pietrangelo is, was, is an ex-goalie who used to yeah. play at Manchester Arena down the road here for Manchester yeah. Storm for many years. Wow. And I interviewed him only three years ago. Wow. I suddenly realised all these connections. Yeah, we, we we've just been talking about you know having that more direct link, 
with players and people and there's always you know you're never seven steps removed from these people anymore are you no it's very yeah it's very true uh, one thing i wanted to bring up that i mentioned right at the beginning of the podcast that i would mention is this um while well, you're mentioning hutchinson there um is the calvin pickard curse come on then right so calvin pickard who was a, a maple leaf until um the beginning of the season when he was traded um was with vegas I think last year or the year before. No, it was last year because it was the year that they obviously were Vegas because they weren't around the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, and they traded Pickard. And after trading him, they lost three goaltenders to injury. They did. Right? They lost three of them. Okay. okay. So then Calvin Pickard, through various reasons, becomes a Maple Leaf and plays for the Marlies mainly last year and wins a Calder Cup alongside Garrett Sparks. It's all looking really good. But of course, the Leafs at the beginning of this season have a goaltender crunch because they've got Curtis McElhaney, Garrett Sparks, Calvin Pickard and of course, Freddie Anderson. And so the Leafs decided to go with Garrett Sparks, putting both Curtis McElhaney and Calvin Pickard potentially on waivers because... That's what they had to do. So they ended up doing some trades and all that kind of stuff. And Calvin Pickard ended up heading over to Philadelphia Flyers, where, interestingly, it didn't work out for him. But what happens to the team that Calvin Pickard gets traded from? They lose three goaltenders. Interesting, Conspiracy eh? theory. Interesting. Calvin Pickard. Watch that man. Where is he now? Where is he now? Did not happen in Colorado when he was there. Oh, don't ruin it, Stephen. Don't ruin my theory. Come on. (laughs) I'm just he had a ninety-three percent save percentage in Colorado. He played wow. really well he, for Colorado. It's funny though because we he played for Philadelphia this year, who uh, they got from the lease, and my taste, he looked awful. He looked terrible and got pulled in the end after something like five goals in the first period yeah. or something silly. But um, yeah, it's really interesting how those goaltenders, you know, go from hero to zero depending on what team they are. And uh, yeah, I mean, I hope he goes on and does well. I'd love to see him back at the Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs did try and get him back on waivers. But the problem is when you're at the top of the league, you're very low down the waiver wire, which is you know something was, I can deal with. I saw him play live at the World Championships in 2017, hmm. uh, representing Canada. He he played really well that tournament. Yeah. And really it is funny how well. some players just can't can't step up from that that AHL level, which is still, you know, unbelievably good. You are still, you know, in the what's some of the best ice hockey players in the world. But then taking that next step up to be an NHL goaltender is such a difficult step and one that um, he seems to be struggling with at the moment. But hopefully he does well. I can't remember where he's gone now. But. No, he's just not a number one. That's no. the problem with Pickard. He's a, he would be a valuable backup, um, potentially, in the, right system, in the right scenario. But, yeah, he's not a number one. Okay, well, that kind of leaves us with just my uh, wish for the year, which I've had very little time to think about. Um, it's really hard to think. Of I like I really like your Stephen your uh, your sneaky Ottawa to finish bottom and you nick Jack Hughes off them because uh, that is I I just love it it's evil but it's brilliant um, and it's of course what all Colorado fans will be hoping for and what all Ottawa Senators fans will be dreading. Yeah. I am trying to think. It's hard to go. It's hard for me to think that I won't be disappointed with anything other than a Stanley Cup. Now I know that sounds ridiculous to say, but. I just believe that the Maple Leafs this season have such an incredible opportunity with both Matthews and Marner still on their ELC contracts with John Tavares on on yeah. pace to be you know to get his highest point scoring ever Morgan Riley leading defenseman in goals uh, in scoring in fact Freddie Anderson probably in his prime albeit injured at the moment but if he comes back healthy he's probably in his prime 
there is a real cap crunch next year, which is going to be difficult for them. Johansson and uh, Johnson even and Kapanen outperforming what their expectations were and both needing contracts next year. And is that all going to fit? Jake Gardner going to need a contract next year, probably can't afford him. So I kind of feel, although this is absolutely not the door closing on the Leafs window, but this is a window within the bigger window. And I think that this season for the Leafs, if they can just overcome Tampa, I'm confident they will beat Boston. And I appreciate that's a dangerous thing to say, but I am confident that they would beat Boston in a playoff series for reasons I've talked about in previous podcasts. I think the the challenge for them will be Tampa. If they can overcome Tampa in the playoffs, I I do think they have a chance at getting to the Stanley Cup because I don't think we've quite seen the absolute maximum from the likes of Matthews, Nylander, Marner, Tavares in the playoffs altogether. And all of that stuff we talked about at the beginning of the podcast about depth scoring and all of this kind of stuff, the Leafs have that. And if they can just bolster that defence a little bit leading up into the trade deadline without hurting their long term too much, then I just can't think of anything else other than at least getting to the Stanley Cup final. And then, of course, you'd want to win it. But I think getting to the Stanley Cup final would just be incredible, which would be my very ambitious wish for 2019. So I don't take Claire's, let's just beat Boston in the first round. 14 minutes left. I don't know the score and I don't want to know because once we finish recording this, I am going to go home, get into my slippers, make a cup of tea and watch that game. And then you'll feel like you want to go and record a little rant and insert it on the end of this podcast. That worries me. That worries me. (laughs) That sounds like we've lost 5-4. But anyway, I don't know. I give you permission to do that. As soon as you're registering the podcast... You can add a little extra. So have you guys been talking about this while I've been out of the room? Yeah. Right. Yeah, brilliant. so you need to watch it. How to am watch I going to edit a podcast that I can't <laughs> listen to? <laughs> well, you've got to watch the, 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 oh, the, the game. game first. Uh, it's going to be a late night for me, isn't it? The irony. <laughs> the irony on a day where the Leafs play in the afternoon and I can watch it in the evening, I'm still going to have a late night. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's so Happy hard to know. To yeah, thanks, Stephen. It's Thank so you, hard Taylor. to know what to say to you right now as well. Nothing, it's, nothing, it's, this, no words. This, Silence is golden. But this, this is why ah, we do this podcast, so, isn't it? Because me. you saw a tweet. No, someone tweeted me. I was just about to at mention you, actually. <laughs> so just no. I, I'm actually. Do you know what? Controversial thing. I'm going to say I don't like these evening games. And it's too stressful. It's too stressful. Usually, I don't have to worry about this because I'm sleeping or I'm awake in the middle of the night when no one else is. Um, well, it's time to go. I can't do any more of this. I need to go and watch the game. Uh, Stephen, thank you ever so much for joining us and all the best for uh, Colorado season. When did the Leafs next play the Avalanche? Do we play you again? Uh, I, I, hope I would not, look on my app, lose. but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. no, nobody's looking. Yeah. Um, I, I hope not. I, I'm sure we do. I'm sure Colorado, we've only played you once. I just, I just want us to get in the playoffs because anything will be better than last year's 48-point season. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and as you say, the fact that you could have a good season and Jack still get Hughes. the overall number one draft pick. That <laughs> moment. Capo, Capo Caco. I has he been drafted yet, to... has he? <laughs> no. We need to I want go the read number up one on overall. him. No, Jack it's, it, it's like everything else. I think this is another draft where the, the, there is a distinct drop-off. Yeah. Nothing against anyone else below, but Jack Hughes is something special. Do you know what? I mean, they're comparing him to Patrick Kane. It's really? just slipped in now, but Tom Fenton has just sent us a tweet saying his wish for New York Rangers is to get a decent pick at the draft. Yeah. 
<laughs> I've heard Ottawa Senators will do a good trade. <laughs> you need to get that number two spot and get yourself Capo Caco. Do, do you know Caco. what? You're lucky mentioning the Rangers right now that I'm not going to go off on a rant about the Rangers because Why? something kind of irritated me a little while ago. Um, this this goes back to something that you you did, Claire, in terms of trying to get like a memorable picture from Rangers history almost. And I can't believe how many people were bringing up pictures of Henrik Lundqvist. And I, and I, I literally messaged you with, for me, you can only have one picture. And that's the, the goal that Mateau scored in the 1994 playoffs. <laughs> and it just goes to show just how young the Rangers fans are that are around us because they don't remember, even remember the last time the Rangers won the Cup. And let's not forget, that's the only time the Rangers have won a cup in 60-plus years. Yeah. yeah. And they, that, for me, anything from that Stanley Cup run is the, the, iconic, the iconic photos. Not Henrik Lundqvist. I'm sorry, as, as great as <laughs> Henrik Lundqvist is, he's not a top-five netmind of all time, and it shouldn't be regarded as an iconic moment for the Rangers. Do you not think he is? No, he's not a top five netminder of all time. There's no way. I mean, if you for a start, you've got as much as Rangers fans will hate me for saying this: Martin Brodeur, yeah. Patrick Waugh, Dominic Hushek, Freddie Anderson, Terry Sawchuk. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad that I'm not apologising to anyone on this podcast. <laughs> it's I me just... that's been ranty. I tell you what, Claire. Yeah. To be fair, Claire said that Freddie Anderson was uh, basically the league's MVP already in uh, December, oh, wow. and since then went on a slump and then got injured. I mean, it couldn't have gone any worse for him. <laughs> But we've said this now. What I need to do is I need to pick, I need to pick some teams and then just specifically talk about how great they are. Yeah, Brad Marchand. I hope you start talking about him. <sighs> I don't like. Him Even I said when you weren't in the room that not to fear Boston, you'll beat them in five if you played in a playoff series now. Yeah, I genuinely think we would, and I know they've got that top, that amazing top line. And I'm not saying that there wouldn't be any. It wouldn't be difficult because I think it would because there definitely would be demons there and you'd have to get over that. And the worst thing that could happen is, you know, Boston kind of win the first two games like they did last time. But I I just think if you look at the two teams and look at where they are, I know Boston's been really banged up this season. But actually, if you look at the two teams and how much the Maple Leafs have added and how much the Maple Leafs have developed the players they've already got compared to Boston, who are at a different curve, like a different point in the curve, then you, you should favourite them. The only thing that makes you think that Boston will do it is because of the fact that, you know, they've done it to them in 2013 and last mm. season as well. But but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of getting to the point now where I'm really, I'm pumped for playoff hockey. And it's strange because as a as a Toronto fan, it's... It's never been the case that we've got to the playoffs while I've been watching them particularly. So just to get to the playoffs was exciting. Whereas last season and this season, to a certain extent, just because of the way the standings are and the way that Tampa have dominated both seasons, it's meant that you're kind of just playing for second place in the Atlantic, which is a shame because it would be great to think we could push Tampa for the top and we still played them three more times. So, you know, you could beat them three times and then take it, but it's unlikely. So, yeah, it's a really weird time of the year where I'm really enjoying watching the hockey. But like when we lost to the, the Islanders the other week, I was like, nah, all right, fine. Bit annoying, but Are you on. kidding me? Man, I did that thing where I was at a house party. Mm. It was a very small house party as well. So as in like people noticed when you weren't paying attention. Oh, yeah. And so I had like my phone on the side. You mean like you've just been doing now for the last yeah. 10 minutes? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, 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 that kind yeah. of like thing. But I was clearly way behind. I wasn't watching live. So it, yeah. it, it got to the end of the first period. It was like 1-0. I was in a bit of a grump. I was thinking, mm. this isn't going so well. Yeah. So then went, got up, went, uh, went home, went to bed or climbed into bed. I thought, oh, I'll just watch the uh, the second. And, and somehow it skipped and it was in the third period and it was like 4 Four nil well, already. The, so I'd I'd lost like the whole of the second period. Well, the saving grace was you missed nothing, and, and I just went to bed. Yeah. I mean, what is the point? But yeah. you know, the, before the game for Minnesota and Toronto earlier on, they had I forget his name, his his surname, Bruce, the Minnesota Wild coach. Mm. He was saying that his mom is in the um in the crowd tonight, right? Watching the game okay and she's 84 and apparently her thing is when minnesota aren't doing very well yeah and she's watching them on telly she just turns telly off and just <laughs> gives up as soon as they start losing she's like she just gives up i, I mean when you're 84 you haven't really well all not, i'll say is her, her electricity bill will be very low this season because you'll hardly watch any minnesota games <laughs> we aren't we all happy about that well i bet you guys, you guys are over there yeah Absolutely. those those 13 year contracts aren't looking so good now are they that were signed way back when for minnesota well i wonder thing. whether she'll be trying to turn the tally off right now who knows claire and i don't know do i so let's stop it with all of that because i just don't know and I won't know until later on this evening. Well, there's nine minutes left of this game. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Um, oh, it's so hard not to say anything. Uh, it's so hard. I think it's time to stop recording. I think it's time for us to go home and for me to watch the game. Anyway. Um, Maybe, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna get some um, more NHL fans from afar on this year. And if you would like to come on, or maybe you know an NHL fan from afar who supports a team, especially if it's one we haven't featured yet, um, I'm trying to think of some of the teams that we haven't featured yet. Carolina's one of them. Uh, the New York Islanders is one of them. I'd love to get an Islanders fan. I want on. a Nashville. I want a, a Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh. There's got to be some Penguins fans in the Boston. UK. We've got to speak to someone who... Oh, yeah. Nah, you're all right. Um, we could... Uh, yeah, there's loads. I'd love to get a Sens fan on at the moment. I would love to, and I promise. I'm sure they're going to be on after this episode. I promise. Sens <laughs> fans out there, if you are listening to this and you come on, I will be nice and I will hardly say anything and I will let you speak because I know what it's like to support an awful hockey team and a hockey team which makes you want to pull your hair out week by week. So I can sympathise with you that and I will put the rivalry to one side and let you take the floor. So come on, Sens fans. Or Tampa. I'd be very intrigued for a Tampa fan because I was listening to um, the full 60 uh, with Craig Costance, the podcast of that you mm. recommended to me, actually. And they had um, a chap who was a former GM for Tampa yeah. and talking about how in Florida, you know, you've got such a great space, probably a bit like Manchester, actually, in terms of so many different sports. It's the only time you... Florida has ever been compared <laughs> yeah, to Manchester. Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, Claire, but I'm about to put on my massive coat and go out into the minus two temperatures. I'm pretty sure it's not like that in Florida, but carry on. I take your point. Go on. It's the sport. <laughs> All right, the sport okay, is okay. hugely competitive. How do yeah. you kind of fight in the marketplace? People have got limited amount of spare cash that they're going to spend on supporting the sport team. Mm. Supporting the sport yes, team. Yes, I know what you meant. So, yeah, it was, meant. it was really interesting about the business side of hockey. So, um, Jolon's Sorry, now... Man City have just scored. Um, right, I okay. I can't cope with this. It's time Let's to go. Let's just go. What we would say is please subscribe to this podcast. Yes. 
please, if you can, rate and review us because what that does is it, it puts us higher up. When people, uh, lone people like us watching our bedrooms, loving NHL, it means we put higher up in the search uh, when people type in NHL into the podcast places and they find us easier and we get better guests to provide you with far better information <laughs> than we have. Oh, harsh. Because, frankly, <laughs> this has been a ramble. Oh, sorry, Stephen. I'm offended now. I should have faded you out before that point, shouldn't I, really? I wouldn't have con- considered you a guest, actually. <laughs> well, basically, Stephen, you're just, you're just warming us up for the new year where we can get some proper guests on. That's like what Claire was saying. Goalie. I tell you what, yeah, your emergency goaltender's just got an absolute kicking from the coach there. It's like Mab- Mike Babcock before the Leafs game today when he said uh, about Michael Hutchinson. He was like, well, I've never met him. I've put him in goal, but I've never met him. Like, oh, wow. Okay, great. This is where we're at, is it? Uh, oh, I well, I did so well. I will, say sorry. I will extend my thanks to you, Stephen, for coming on and sparing your <laughs> evening, uh, which is, I know, during a very busy time in your life when you're moving house and doing all these other things. So thank you very much for coming on. And, Always a pleasure. Uh, no, you thank you. Sucker. Thank you very much. And uh, myself and Claire will be back next week on the podcast. We will have hopefully another guest in place. We haven't got one booked yet, but we will have one booked and we will try our best to get you some more NHL from fans from afar. Stats and chat and all that kind of stuff that you've been listening to over the last few weeks. I feel terrible. It's all right. He's gone now. We've let him go. Okay. You can say what you like about him now. You can't listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one more thing. So uh, as part of some of the various things that I do, I present a uh, North American sports show on Five Live, on BBC Radio Five Live, which is like my day job. That's kind of not my day job. That's my hobby within the day job. But anyway, um, this week we are featuring an interview with Sean Shapiro. Now, this guy has kind of been at the centre of the hockey world for the last few weeks because he was one of the reporters who broke the Dallas story which featured the CEO Jim Lights. He was one of the ones writing down those incredibly uh, rude words um, that the Dallas CEO was saying about Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn and I caught up with him on BBC Radio 5 Live. It was great because he sent out a tweet just before uh, coming on after I'd messaged him saying this story is getting so crazy that a UK based radio station has just booked me for an interview. So I think he's feeling like a little bit in the eye of the storm at the moment in Dallas. Um, But I caught up with him, had a chat to him on a North American sports show on Five Live, which is on Up All Night. So any of you night owls um, who watch um, NHL ice hockey and fancy a little bit of US sports chat, then uh, we're on in the prime time hours of 2am on a Friday morning. So maybe there's a Thursday night game and you've just finished watching it and you fancy listening to a bit of uh, North American sports chat, then uh, head over to BBC Radio 5 Live. It's on up all night, 2am on a Friday morning. And this week we spoke to Sean Shapiro and here's a little bit of that. So I'm really pleased to say Sean Shapiro is here from The Athletic. Now, Sean covers the Dallas Stars, among I'm sure many other things, but mainly focuses on the Dallas Stars, which is a team in the National Hockey League. Now, it's fair to say the Stars aren't one of the huge franchises that pull a lot of press attention week in, week out. It's not a it's not a massive hockey market, but it is a strong, passionate hockey market and it's full of people who love that team. And they have been doing pretty well. Not great, not bad, but they've been doing they've been having a pretty good season. However, Sean, just after Christmas, you wrote an article after speaking to CEO of the Dallas Stars, Jim Lights, and well, everything. Everything has changed since then. Please explain. 
Yeah, it's been uh, just. I think it's it's been five days or six days since. It's 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 been such a blur the amount of days. But the uh, essentially what happened was uh, this past uh, Friday, a uh, week so a week ago, we had I got a text message from the uh, public relations public relations for the stars saying that the CEO of the team is interested in talking to a couple media members and. He would like to uh, have us come in around lunchtime, around noon. And it's one of those things where, of course, CEO is going to talk. I'm sure it's going to be something interesting. We'll, we'll head on in and talk to him. And he, I kind of assumed it was going to be about something positive because typically when someone is calling media attention them, to themselves, they've got something to either promote or kind of bring up or especially in this market to kind of try and sell the game of hockey and so I was expecting something like that. And then I went in there and instead of that, I walked in and there the CEO of the, of the, of the team went, decided to go on basically a 25 minute rant. And it was an interview because there was some questions, but basically it was a 25 minute rant or so of him going after his two highest paid best players and how because of them, the franchise is being held back and it is unacceptable and and the language it was it, it wasn't just that they're bad it was they were pairing them to horse manure and using very strong language and tone and saying because of these two players Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan they are being held back from the rest of the National Hockey League and being able to really step forward and it was one of those things where it's the to have the team official the team official not only rip players i mean it happens but sometimes when it happens it's never in a forum where they've called it to themselves to go rip players it's sometimes where it's the leaked audio or someone didn't know they were talking to somebody on the record to have somebody go out of their way to rip players and then do it in this language it's it's one of those things where at least in north american sports it's unprecedented and maybe you guys can tell me i can't i've been we've been gone gone through gone through examples in North America and I've been able to find anything similar. And I don't know if you guys can think of anything similar like this on, on, for, on your side. It's just, it's one of those things where it's fascinating to see somebody to go out of their way to say, our two best players are two highest paid guys, the guys who have nine years and seven years remaining on their contract, that they are terrible and they are not doing anything for us. And, and, and basically, to, and, and in the language it was used. Uh, yeah, which we would describe as industrial. I think uh, would be the uh, would be the description. I mean, as a journalist, you know, we're both journalists. You're a journalist. You must. It must be like your eyes lighting up at Christmas when you get a great present. You know, you must mm-hmm. have just gone. What? I I almost don't know what to do with this because it's so good as a piece of, you know, a, a piece of reportage. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where I'm sitting there and that that stuff's going through my head while we're talking to him. And there is four or five times during this interview where I looked at the recorder, I looked at Jim Lights, and I said, Jim, you're sure this is on the record? Because this is the type of thing where... <laughs> because this is the type of thing that I could not, uh, obviously, with, with the language and with how it, was, uh, how it was being conveyed, there was no way that I was not going to confirm this was 100% on the record because this was something that if... Uh, it would be uh, it would be quite bad if they came, if there was any public backlash, and I needed to make sure that I had my uh, 
basically had my butt covered as okay we're going to this is this is this was everything you said and this was on the record so literally four or five times hey jim is this on the record and it was yes this is on the record this needs to be written and it was it was one of those things where you're going through and when you're writing something like this and i went through it and this was one of those things where i saw it blew up in the hockey world and here everyone everywhere everyone everywhere is was talking about it and and what happened here and for all of the reactions I heard from people afterwards, I probably went through that entire range of emotions before we ever hit publish, just thinking about how this was going to happen. So it, this thing, it was already a crazy story. knew it was going to be a crazy story the minute we, we finished the interview. And then it just took on even more legs and life of its own as everyone started reacting in, in, in across North America, really, in the, uh, in the sports world. Is, I find it fascinating because you do hear, as you said, you hear owners and management coming out and have it and saying their teams aren't performing well enough, and you see all of this kind of stuff. But even without the kind of the, the headline swear words that were in some of it, some of the other parts of your article, for example, this bit, which you know, this is a direct quote from him saying, uh, "We are a stars-driven league, and our stars aren't getting it done." Light said, "It's embarrassing, and no one writes it. Write it." So, as you said, I mean, he is absolutely going for the kind of the the explosion and he must have wanted that to happen what i find interesting about this and chatting to a couple of dallas stars fan, fans about this as well is that okay tyler sagan jamie ben are not having the best years it's fair to say and i think they they have said that many times themselves however there is a lot of chatter amongst those fans saying that actually it's the depth scoring we are too reliant on those stars and when those stars don't perform it then exposes the cracks in the rest of the team could this just be a case of Jim Lights knows this and he's trying to make a story to hide the fact that there are some shortcomings in the organization yeah it's it's something where I think and I think it's something that both Jim Lights and obviously the stars owner Tom Gillardi was in on this and uh and then even the general manager is forced to defend it three days later. I think it was the type of thing where they were trying to sway the message. They were trying to sway the message of, okay, it's not the depth scoring. It is the it is these two guys. We need them to be better. And you know what? They do need to be better. But it's it's not to the extent uh, the extent in the vitriol that they got in this in this conversation. It was. What they thought they were doing was they were trying to change the storyline. And the fascinating fallout to me has been how it has only exposed even further things of a mirror on themselves, I think. Because it's like they were trying to throw a dart and they kind of threw a grenade where they threw a grenade. They threw a grenade and now everything blows up and every everyone's looking at them and says, well, hey, yeah, you have these two guys, but look at the rest of your lineup. Where, where What have you done to to give them support what have you done to create a second line because in, in hockey in, in hockey we have a situation where you have four lines and your top players only play 22 to 25 minutes a night and it's a 60 minute game so what have you done to give them the support that makes that make that allows them to a get better matchups to create opportunities where they don't have to uh, hold all the load obviously they're going to be there's pressure for them to be the best players but the best teams are the ones that also have that secondary group that can help and and step up when needed and the stars don't have that and so and this so this comes back on management now and I don't think management realized that with how this was displayed they were going to be the ones that were going to be pulled into this even more so and now obviously there's fans there's media members all over the United States and Canada talking about how well yeah these guys do need to be better but 
look what you've done around him. You've got to take some you got to take some credit for credit slash blame here for what's happened. What's the reaction been from the players themselves? Has the, has there been one? The players, uh, the two players that were directly commented on, they've actually handled it much more maturely and professionally than than Jim Lights did. They both spoke the the, the day after. Um, they both had they both talked about how they. Uh, Jamie Ben probably the the statement that sticks out in my mind is Jamie Ben saying, "Well, I don't play for him; I play for the teammates and the coaches in this room." Um, and the comments were were they, they handled it really well, comment wise. The interesting thing is, this was the type of thing where it could have blown up much worse mm-hmm. um, because uh, talking to talking to a bunch of players, talking to not just Jamie and Tyler, talking to the other players in the locker room, there was some surprise and shock, and this kind of blindsided everyone. And it's the type of thing where when you're, there's not much you can do about who your employer is, but when you're in this situation, you start to think about who is my employer and you start to, to worry about stuff like that. And then when you go and you throw, throw this type of blame at your captain, if Jamie Ben took this, if Jamie Ben decided to escalate this to another level and get into a further war of wards, the team follows him. It's the type of thing that could have gotten even worse because you could have easily had a bunch of guys say, "Well, well, we're Jamie's going to mail it in. We're going to mail it in." This was they were playing with a, a lot of fire, and they the play they they've lucked out that the players have not taken it to the extreme as they could have, and they've also been lucky too that they're I give their head coach Jim Montgomery a lot, really a ton of credit because he's done a really good job in damage control. Um, he knew he's obviously talked with. Jamie and Tyler about how they need to be better, but he didn't know that they, these type of comments were going to be coming out. He reached out to them right after the comments came out. I think the coaching staff deserves a ton of credit for their damage control here because this could have gone really bad. It really could. I mean, the NHL yeah. uh, Players Association came out and called Light's comments remarked reckless and insulting. There's been huge reaction, obviously, in the press over there. The, the one final thought on it that, that I had when I was reading some of this stuff, and I know this has been talked about over there as well, is just imagine if a player did this. I mean, imagine what would happen if a player in a National Hockey League or in any sport turned round and had a go at their ownership in the same way that they did the other way around because that would be quite something they wouldn't be hanging around long would you they? wouldn't they think so you wouldn't think so um while no, they would. Yeah. while we've got you here um i also want to talk some 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 positive news about dallas <laughs> because because so much of the work as you said right at the beginning of this for dallas is about promoting the game of hockey in what is not a traditional hockey market and you guys got some great news the other day from the commissioner Gary Bettman at this year's Winter Classic. Explain a little bit about that. Yeah, so every year on January first, it's basically the uh, it's it's the marquee regular season game every year on January first. The NHL has plays an outdoor game. Uh, it's either in, typically in a college football or NFL stadium. Sometimes it's been in a baseball stadium, but it is the uh, it is the NHL's marquee regular season event. Where um, this year the game was at Notre Dame's Notre Dame Stadium, and the Boston Bruins and Chicago Blackhawks played, and there were seventy six thousand people at the game. And so, in the Winter Classic, and the word "winter" is in there, has typically always been in areas where it's been you think more wintry. Well. The big announcement this week was the uh, the Dallas Stars are going to host the 
2020 Winter Classic, so the next January 1st, they're going to host it at the Cotton Bowl, which is a historic college football stadium in Dallas. Um, they're going to try – the capacity is going to be around 70,000, and they're basically going to try and pack 70,000 people in for an outdoor hockey game in Dallas, Texas. It's going to be it's fascinating to see me to see how this is all going to come together, but it could be a really cool thing because the sport has grown and the stars do pretty well, but I think this is really – they're selling this even more so as an event to the people of Texas as – hey, this is one of the big marquee events on the sports calendar. Um, January 1st is the day that – January 1st is a day that people have always typically in Dallas have thought about the college football bowl game that used to be in this venue and it's not there anymore. So we're bringing back the big event on January 1st. And it's it's going to be really cool to see how this comes together and how they kind of bring both the hockey fan and the general sport fan out for this 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 outdoor game between, between the Stars and an opponent that still has to be announced. Well, what a fun time to be reporting on the Dallas Stars and uh, continue your great work, Sean, for The Athletic. If you want to go and read Sean's full article, you can. If you subscribe to The Athletic, go on there, read the article in full because it is just we have just scratched the surface of this story and some of the quotes in there, well, let's just say you wouldn't repeat them to your kids. It's quite something. Sean, thank you ever so much for joining us and all the best for the rest of the season. Yes, you too. Yeah. And obviously, obviously, we'll tweet a link to that. Yeah. Interview maybe on the BBC iPlayer. Yeah, BBC iPlayer. Not bad, eh? Mm. Not bad. Not bad. Ah, <laughs> oh, right. That'll do. See you next week. Bye.